0: We're continuing our series on Advent today and um, we know that for many college students you'll be heading home for the next month and uh, we know for many of us, families and adults, we will be doing some, some, some traveling over the next few weekends and so we thought it'd be fitting um, to kind of uh, talk about the idea of peace and to move it from just an idea to reality, Okay. But to start off, I'm gonna to talk to you about something that wasn't so peaceful. That would be our first Christmas with our son, Ethan. All right, so that was 10 years ago. So Ashley and I, we, we, we literally just moved here and we started the church in 2009. And that Christmas, um, my, my family had decided, hey, we're gonna do the whole Colorado ski Christmas thing. And so, you know, growing up, we skied a lot and I was pretty amped up. I'm thinking... This is gonna be incredible. I mean, I could picture it, my little son going down a sled with me and just laughing, you know, and me and Ashley kissing with hot cocoa, and just, I, I, I could picture all those Hallmark movie moments all happening on this weekend. And then, of course, we're opening up Chris's presents and the snow is falling, and it's, uh, right? You know what I'm talking about. You all have had that idea about what would it be like to have a real white Christmas in the mountains, and just to ski down where it's not below zero, but it's actually warm enough for my fingers don't hurt on the, on the lift up, and, right, like, we had these ideals about that Colorado Christmas, right, and so we had those, and, you know, Ethan is only six months old, but he can handle it, and so we decided to, you know, so we actually took the plane, so we didn't do the long car ride, praise God, we took the plane, got to Denver, you know, but flight was delayed, of course, and so we roll into the airport, it's 10 p.m., and we haven't really traveled with this guy, and so he's not real happy about it, you know, he's letting everyone in the airport know he's not real happy about it, and so, um, and so you know, we're there, we finally get the rental car, and we're trying to drive from Denver out to Breckenridge, and it's, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hour drive, but it's late at night, you know, and we're there, and we're pretty tired, and we're new parents. We're not really sure what's going on, but we're so excited still, you know. Literally, we are driving to Breckenridge, and I mean, we almost get in a wreck two or three different times, and when you're going through those mountains and stuff, and it's nighttime, and he's screaming like almost the entire time, okay, and so you're trying to stay focused and stay alive, but you just got the, ah! just in the back here, and you're you know, you can't just turn the music up loud enough. We're, we're wanting to do jingle bells, just jingle bells, jingle bells, You know, just you're wanting to get in the flow. And so we're driving there, and so we get there, and it's literally, I think 12:30 at night. We roll in, I'm having a knock on the door. My mom wakes up, comes and lets us in the, the condo we're staying in. So we get in, we're just like, we're there, we made it. And wouldn't you know it, the next morning, little Ethan comes down with a sickness, right? So we're like awesome. So you know, our, our little six-month-old is sick. There's lots of nieces and nephews uh, running around, so we're all, the whole family, there's like 20 of us in this one place, and uh, we got to be down in the basement, you know, and so we're there, and we're just trying to think through, okay, maybe, maybe I can go ski some, you stay back, and then you go ski. We're trying to, like, we're trying to make the best of it, you know, and so I remember we're just going through the whole weekend, and of course, and, and of course like, the next day, no matter, even though he's sick, we're in the snow, we are going out in the snow, and so we bundle up in this little, I don't know what he wore, this little uh, papoose suit or something, I don't know what it was, but literally, we wrap him up, we go out there, and I'm thinking, this is gonna be awesome, you know, and you know, he touches the snow, and you just, ah! you know, it's just cold, and I'm like, and so I, I literally have a picture, I wish I could bring it, it's, it's me and Ethan sliding down this, this little slope, he's just bawling, you know, and I'm just holding on, like, here's our moment, you know, father and son, We had a great time, remember that, Ethan? I mean, man, you know, we ended up dropping my laptop computer accidentally, so that whole thing broke literally on the floor that night, and I was like, oh my gosh. You know, just one thing after another, we could not wait to get out of there. I love my family, but man, it was challenging. But I think that, um, although your story may be worse than mine, or less than, um, I think we all do have an expectation that especially around Christmas time, uh, that there's this kind of uh, peace that just settles, just like that white fluffy snow, it just makes everything right, you know, it just makes everything feel good, and even beyond Christmas, I think that we have that mentality that, man, we're, we're going to be able to experience that one day when we, when we finally find the right guy, it's just going to, when we get married, it's going to be perfect, you know, or I man, I can't wait, you know, we're, we're longing to have children, and I can't wait when we have those children. Man, it's just gonna be so fun and easy, and everyone's gonna be happy, right? Or, man, I can't wait to get that dream job. I'm graduating from college, and I've been, I've been building up in this career to get this job, and then I find out week one people aren't as nice as they were in my life group, you know? And so, wow, like, that job's not as, not as thrilling as it, as it was two weeks ago, you know? And, and so reality hits you, you know? And over and over and over and over in our life, I would argue that we are experiencing stress, and chaos, and anxiety, and, and I would say that mostly because we're trying to find peace, or we've maybe defined peace in a way that's not meant to be defined. So we've actually tried to define peace as it looks like this, it feels like this, but that's actually not what peace really is. And that's not how you <coughs> really get there. now. Time Magazine reported in 2018 that over 40 million American adults have an anxiety disorder. 40 million, right? That was close to 20% of the adult population in our country. That was from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And what do they say were the main sources? What were the top five sources of anxiety for Americans? Safety, health, finances, politics and of course, relationships. Those are the top five. And so, I'm sure no one in here experiences any troubles in those areas, but other Americans do, right? And so, um, and so there are 40 million Americans plus from 2018 that have that. And actually, they've, they, they gave kind of a big breakdown the list of different uh, disorders that are out there. The generalized anxiety disorder, seven million people. Panic disorder, six million. Social anxiety disorder, 15 million people. Obsessive compulsive disorder, 2 million people. Post-traumatic stress disorder, 8 million people. And this is just the numbers they have. There's probably a lot more. I think if we're honest, I think there's more than one out of five Americans have some sort of anxiety which maybe someone could diagnose you with some sort of disorder. And so why do I share that? Because I want us to be aware that it is a real problem. Like, people not experiencing the peace that God intended is very real, and it's not just real out there, it's real in here. Um, and, you know, if you or someone in your family or close friend has or is experiencing extreme anxiety or depression, um, we want you to know that, number one, Antioch Community Church, we are not the mental health professionals. Um, we, we don't have the licensing. We don't have that professional stuff. Like, if you're experiencing that, we would encourage you, hey, talk to friends and family. If you need to get help, get help. So that's not our role. But what is our role? We are people who love Jesus. We are people who are filled with the spirit of God. And we are people that believe that God can do the impossible. And so if we didn't believe that, then we wouldn't really be doing this. Like, if we didn't believe that God can transform any and every heart, we would never have a baptism Sunday. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if we didn't believe that God could actually tap into the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, inner, whatever else, other category I'm missing. Like, if, if we didn't believe that God could actually come and touch the whole of you, then we've actually believed in a God that is kind of powerful. He's kind of strong, he's kind of mighty, but he's, he's not able to really help with that, right? It would be like Jesus going and speaking to the tomb where Lazarus was laid, and his disciples being like, Jesus, look, we've seen you heal people that are blind, we've seen you heal the deaf, but let, let's not overreach here into the dead, because that's a little beyond comfortable. It's a little crazy, that's kind of impossible. And what's he say, Lazarus, come out! <laughs> And what do you know, Lazarus, everybody's surprised, walks out of that tomb and is like, wait a second, he he was dead. Like, we actually wrapped him up. He was confirmed that he was gone, though. We all were wailing. We already had the whole, he's alive now. That is the Jesus that we believe. So just for clarity, that's where we're going. And at the same time, Jesus is the most patient on the planet. He's patient with us. We all want to get to that place of complete freedom and breakthrough, and we all want to snap our fingers and say, it's here. <laughs> but you know what? Unfortunately, for the majority of the time, it is quite the journey. And even if you were set free from, let's call it a drug addiction in a moment, that's great, but there's still things you actually got to work through that have been part of that whole, that whole addiction that has ravaged your life. You've got to work through. Yeah, you may not want to may not want to do the drugs, but there's other ramifications you gotta work through. Do you know what I'm saying? And so remember, Jesus comes to set us free, and then he says, hey, I'm gonna send the Spirit of God to come and walk with you through it, now it, because it's not just done. Do you understand? Like, that is the journey of a believer. It's never done. Like, you will never arrive at perfection until you get to heaven. So in case that's what you're, that if you think you're there, come and talk. I'll help you understand. You're not there, because <laughs> none of us are there either. So we have a problem in our country, but, um, but again, I I say all that just to bring us into the place of remembering. But God, and there is hope. There's hope, and so there's hope for the anxiety-ridden society that we live in. There is hope for the stresses that we have in our lives. I want us to turn to Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. It's a a familiar passage story. And as we do, you know, I, I, I want us to remember that this Advent story, that the story of Jesus, um, it doesn't end with Jesus Christ's birth. It doesn't end with him dying on the cross. It doesn't end with him being resurrected from the dead. And it doesn't end with our salvation. It's just the beginning. All those key moments are just the beginning. Isaiah. Chapter 9, verse 6, this is a, a verse that really is a prophecy hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is the Jesus that is to be born. This is Isaiah prophesying about one day the Messiah. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Mighty God. He is the Everlasting Father. He's the Wonderful Counselor. So guys, the first uh, step, so to speak, in us actually encountering the peace of God that he intended for us is you actually have to receive the Prince of Peace. That is step one. You have to receive the Prince of Peace. You can't pretend to receive. You actually have to fully receive who he is. Which is the gospel? It is the gospel. It is that Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He was born a major, lived for 33 years. He then um, uh, proved himself to be the Son of God through miraculous signs and wonders and teachings and the lifestyle he lived. And then he actually went to the cross willingly to the point of death, gave up his life, was crucified for our sins so that his blood would be shed because God demanded a sacrifice. For, for our sins, you cannot clean yourself up. Only he can, only Christ's blood can. And so the pure blood of Jesus Christ being sacrificed and he literally kind of took your sins upon himself and it was put to death. And then God said, okay, that is finished now. But then Jesus said, it's not that all your sins killed me. Actually, I'm so powerful. I'm so proven to you I'm the son of God that not only did I take it all for you, but I just overcome it all. So it's not that he just died is that he died and then he overcame. He overcame, that is the resurrection power. It is an overcoming power, right? And so he proved, I am the risen Lord, I am the Son of God and no one else in all of history and no one else ever will, will be able to do that and so Jesus came back to life, proved himself to over 500 people and showed them, people had seen him before and were shocked and amazed, this guy's alive, showed himself, gave him hugs, high fives, ate with them, and they're thinking, this is crazy. And then he said, guess what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be with the Father in heaven, but I'm not gonna leave you guys alone, I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit, and when I send him, it's actually gonna be better, because guess what, he's gonna be with you anywhere, all the time, every place on the planet. It's no longer just what town is Jesus in, we gotta go there to get healing, it's actually the Spirit of God is now everywhere, which means healing can happen all the time. Which is why I have hope, I have hope that the anxiety and the stress that believers experience can be dealt with by the Spirit of God. If we will rally together, if we will support one another, and if we'll tune back in to the one who actually made us, who can actually resolve the issue, then we will lean in that place, and yes, get any kind of help we need along the way. And again, I just want you to know, we are interested in people being whole and healthy. So if it is by signs and wonders and miracles, if it is by renewing your mind in truth, Or if it was by needing to have medication for a season to help you, that's fine with us because we're interested in you becoming whole and healthy. Do you understand? So don't don't go in one side, one ditch or the other. God is in it because he's interested in us being whole and healthy. So guys, I have hope because of the Prince of Peace. So the step one is that you actually have to receive the Prince of Peace. And if you haven't done that in your life, I wanna give you an opportunity here in just a little bit to consider how your life would dramatically change if you invited Jesus into your heart. But you know, when we talk about peace, we need to talk about kind of two ways that we usually define it. We define it as maybe external peace and internal, right? Or kind of circumstantial peace and this inner peace. So external peace, right? We may have the idea of, um, I'll use this illustration just because there's, you know, whenever we think about families and small kids, you have this idea of we're gonna sit down to dinner and, you know, everyone's gonna, Take turns praying and holding hands and all hands will be washed before dinner without me telling them. And then they're gonna sit there just upright, shoulders back. They're gonna use both utensils like they would European style, cut the little this and and just make sure they don't mash the food together, but they eat it and they say thank you for each dish that you've you've created, and then and then they're smiling and they're engaging in conversation, not just saying yes or no or uh-huh, but they're responding with accurate sentences and and then no one's screaming, no one's getting down without asking permission, everyone clears the table, no one spills a drink, the, the dog is not needed to vacuum up after dinner, like none of that is needed, and then it's like, oh my gosh, you sit there and then you peacefully 30 minutes later after this amazing dinner, you put everything away and everyone's just happy, ready to say, how can I help? You know, like that's, that hasn't happened for us. All right, now we are working towards that, okay, but that's called an ideal. And if you live every day desiring and expecting the ideal every day, you will be what? Disappointed. It doesn't mean you can't have a goal and we're shooting for that. I want my children to be better behaved. I want my children to be more honoring, to engage in conversation. But just you know, the Proverbs do say, train up a child, which takes at least 18 years. I know, I know, that that little part's left out of the verse there, but that's really what was implied, okay? Like, you've got to train them up, and it takes a long time. Time's up by 365. That's a lot of days to get there. But you're trying to get to this place to where maybe circumstantially, I mean, you have this peace going on. But if you keep wishing for it, hoping for it every single meal, you get disappointed. But, you know, um, it's interesting because I think a lot of us, I think we're aware that, yeah, we, we try to apply peace just to the external circumstances. Um, but it, at the same time, I think we also know that that's not just going to fix it by just trying to demand everyone's behavior or everyone at the, at the store just is peaceful and quiet, not arguing and honor. I mean, just we can try to control those things. But I think in the end, we actually realize that the external peace is not the way to start. It's, it's the internal. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote this um, to the church in Philippi. He said in chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, now that, uh, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I think Paul figured something out. <laughs> uh, that that should probably be the first verse in every parenting seminar, right? Because he he says in any and every circumstance. Now hold on a second. Was Paul Jesus? It's not a question. No, the answer is no. Wow, You're making me nervous there. Oh, woo! All right, come back next Sunday too. All right, Paul was not Jesus. Did Paul have a broken past? Yes. More broken than yours? Most likely. There may be a few that you would say, I rival Paul. It would be hard pressed. You have not imprisoned or destroyed the lives of thousands and thousands of people and literally made it your endeavor to hunt them down. Um, Paul was enemy number one to the way movement, the movement that Jesus started, the followers of Christ, the early church. He was Enemy number one. It was his mission and his goal to destroy it. If he was here today, he would be coming in, wanting to round us up and destroy us right now. Paul had a very broken, messed up past, okay? Now, we don't know about his early childhood. I have no idea, but somewhere along the way, that guy got real angry. So Paul was messed up. But then what happened to Paul, right? Or actually, his name was Saul, right? What happened to Saul? He got encountered by jesus he showed up and he said saul saul why are you persecuting me and he's like whoa what's going on there he's blinded wrote to damascus you know the rest of the story he gives his life to jesus he's filled with the spirit he goes away for a while starts starts really learning what does it mean to be a follower of christ and then he comes back on the scene everyone's kind of shocked that this guy's gonna imprison him. he's like "No, no 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 i'm actually one of you now and they couldn't believe it they couldn't believe it wait you were just rounding up my cousin's a year ago, and now you're saying you wouldn't hang out with us? We're not going to tell you where our secret meeting is. No way. I mean, I wouldn't have. No way, dude. Like, come, come back in a few months. You know, like, no way do I believe you changed. You are the worst. <laughs> right? I mean, really. Let's be honest. If we were in Jerusalem, believers at that time, it's like, you are the, there's no way you were invited to my life group. No way. <laughs> we invite other people, but not you, man. You're going to turn us in. This is Saul who turned to Paul and this same guy. So a couple years later is writing to the church in Philippi. By the way, I've learned to be content in every and any circumstance. And then what's he say? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, what does he mean by that? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I remember I said point one is you actually have to receive the Prince of Peace. You can't go through Jesus if you haven't received Jesus. You can't access Jesus if you haven't accepted Jesus. Do you know that, right? Like you can't actually pray prayers that are gonna get answered if you don't have Jesus, the one kind of the, the, the mediator, so to speak, between you and the Father. Like that connection is broken without Christ. Like the only way you can actually pray to God is through Jesus. Did you know that? That's what the scripture says. That's what Jesus says. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that's a harsh statement, but I didn't make it, Jesus did. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, not nobody, comes to the Father except through me, which tells me you cannot have access to the Father, you cannot have access to those miracles, you cannot have access to peace unless you go through Jesus. So this internal peace that he's speaking of, he's saying to learn to be content. And I would argue that that same parent sitting at that same dinner table who previously expected everything just to be merry and bright and peaceful, that actually they can make a choice in that moment to exude and to believe and actually have a peace, even though everything around them is nutso. If I was more mature and understood this revelation 10 years ago on my trip to Colorado, then instead of freaking out the whole time, I would have actually had internal peace no matter what comes our way. Blizzards, snowstorm, car breaks down, kids sick. I don't know, we don't get food for three days. Do you understand me? Like, Paul has actually lived that. And he's saying, I've been there, done that, and I'm telling you there is a way to access that kind of peace no matter what, no matter what. And we need to hear that message, guys. We keep wanting everything to just externally to be right and to correct in order for us to feel okay and peaceful. And that is, that'll never happen. It'll never happen because the sun rises and sets. The seasons come and go. There's a time to work and a time to rest. But it ain't all fun. It ain't all peachy all the time. So if you keep expecting everything externally or everyone in your life to just be super good friends with you and to completely understand you, never misunderstand anything you ever say, that's not going to happen. That's not real. That means you don't have any friends. Okay? Like, I'm sorry. There's, there's too many humans and too many options for us just to be disgruntled, to get discouraged. And what? I mean, you know, you're certainly not married, okay? Like, because that's just part of the deal. But you work it through and you mature. My marriage is way healthier now than it was a decade ago because we've learned each other and I've learned And She's pushed on me to say, hey, I know it's crazy. We need to walk in peace right now. And do you know what she's saying to me? She's saying we need to access Jesus and the Spirit of God in this moment so that we actually are peaceful. Now, I just want to define for you content. Content defined as an adjective is in a state of peaceful happiness. So I'm going to read this verse again. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be in a state of peaceful happiness. That's pretty good. We all like that, don't we? Peaceful happiness, that sounds right up my alley, right? I love some peaceful happiness. So how do we actually get to this internal peace? We need to understand that the prince of peace, Isaiah 9 talks about the prince of peace, by nature he carries authority. By nature, right? Think about a prince, guys. A prince, royalty. They walk into the room, they make decisions, they have leadership. A prince, this royalty. Jesus comes into earth, and guess what? He carries with him authority. In fact, in John 16, 33, it says this. Let me flip over here. John 16, 33. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh Uh-oh, that's pretty good. No, 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 Tyler, you don't understand, man. You don't know my life. You're right, I don't know your life. But he does. And he'd be a liar if he was saying, actually, peace is only available for the few. Only for people that grew up with this kind of family, have this kind of current situation, live in this kind of house, have this kind of job. Hey, you guys have peace. The rest of you, sorry. Too bad. No, 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 guys. He's saying, I came so that you may have peace. So that you may have peace. We understand that um, by having the gospel, receiving the gospel of Jesus, receiving the spirit of God, By default, it gives us access to this authority that's given through Christ to have authority over the chaos, to have authority over the chaos, which means we are not victims of our circumstances. We are victorious. Yes, can you be victimized? Yes. Can things happen to you? Absolutely. I'm not minimizing that at all. But what you choose to do with those moments and those circumstances determine everything else. Everyone's gonna have something wrong done to them. That will happen, and it'll repeatedly happen as long as you're on planet Earth in a fallen, broken world. But it's how we respond to those troubling things in our lives is either you have a victim mentality or a victorious mentality, right? And so, at the dinner table, I can choose to have a victorious mentality or be a victim. I'm trying so hard. I'm a really great dad. Why don't my kids understand? You know, I can whine and complain and cry. Everybody give daddy a hug. You know, just no. Or I can say, Hold on a second. Who's in charge here? The Spirit of God lives inside of me. I can look at my children, help them, and help them understand as they are young, but at the same time, I don't have to be gritting my teeth. I can be, hey, I can have peace even though everything around me seems swirling. Guys, the swirling is not going to stop. Hate to tell you. Biblically, actually, um, the swirling is going to continue. But what's going to happen is Jesus actually entered in our world in the time of chaos and he's entered it here now. Our world's gonna be chaotic. That's okay. You don't have to be. You can be peaceful. You can actually go home over Christmas, and whatever situation you're stepping into, I was telling the college students this the other night at our college service, I said, look, I know at least half of you are going back home for Christmas and don't really wanna go home, because it's hard. It's hard seeing your mom and dad. It's hard interacting with your siblings. You may be the only person that follows Jesus. Your family may not get it. Your family, you may have four Christmas to go to because of your family and divorce, the situation happened. I have no idea. So I don't think any of us are walking back into this, oh, just this picturesque kind of Disney-like moment at Christmas, right? Don't get caught in that trap. Instead, you bring the peace of Christ into that home. You bring it. Everyone's yelling, you can just eat your turkey dinner with a smile on your face. <laughs> delicious. Are you not seeing what's going on right here? No, I see it, but I'm choosing because I have the peace of Christ to eat my turkey in peace. (laughs) Come on now. The last thing we're gonna talk about is this. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is No law. Guys, the last point is this. Peace is obtained when we walk by the Spirit of God. Peace, that seems pretty peaceful to me. Like the fruit of the Holy Spirit is pretty peaceful, pretty amazing. Joy, peace, patience, love, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's good stuff. That's what we want. That's what we want. But sometimes we don't read two verses down in Galatians 5 to see what does it say after this classic Fruit of the Spirit piece. Like you see that on banners, right? You will go to the store and you'll see people will make these signs and printing and go buy them and have in your house, and that's great, I love them. But, but, but what about verse 25? You know what verse 25 says? No, you don't. All right, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Oh. So somehow the fruit of the Spirit is tied to us staying in step with the Spirit which means you can't just pray a prayer, God, let me be peaceful. Let me demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. Great, I'm just going to go do my own thing now. He's like, great, I will do that. Here's where I'm going. You going to go with me there? Uh, on your schedule? Your timing? Hey, I'm Tyler. I'm walking into this family reunion here. It's chaos. But you ready to come and bring the peace? Gosh, I have to lockstep with you? And that. Yeah, we can do it. See, the Spirit of God is actually inviting you in to situations all the time to bring peace if we will listen to him, if we will engage with him, and if we will stay in step with him. The people that I know that are in lockstep with the Spirit of God, you would think nothing goes wrong in their lives. Not because they're not vulnerable and real. They are. But because what they demonstrate when everyone else is going crazy they walk in peace that is unfathomable. You wanna be salty this Christmas? <laughs> bring the peace, bring it. Don't demand it on everybody else. Bring it from here, right? You can't just demand behavioral change in your children. You have to get to the belief system. Once their beliefs change, the behaviors will follow suit. It's the same for us. I want to stand as we close today, bring the band on up. Guys, there is an invitation for us to experience this internal peace. There's an invitation and again, I I don't know where everyone is, but but God does. Like he he really does understand what you're going through. He really does he really does get it. Like Jesus actually, you know one of the main reasons why he came to earth, he came so he could experience what we experience and then be able to say, guess what? I understand what you're going through. I've been there, done that. I've related to that. He's, he's so understanding of where we are. But with one hand, he says, I understand. The next hand, he says, I've overcome the world. Yes. Take up my hand and follow me. So that's the tension we live in, guys. Like, we live in this reality of, of challenges and depression, anxiety, and stress, and chaos. But, but, but we can either just kind of listen to that one side or say, hold on a second. But there's a the spirit of God who's saying, I'm here with you right now. And it's possible to have this peace. Jesus came to bring us peace. So let's experience that kind of peace again. In 2 Thessalonians three sixteen, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. That's my prayer for us this morning. That, that 2 Thessalonians 3, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. He's giving you peace, and he's giving you himself. He's giving you peace, and he's giving you himself. So this morning, I'm just gonna invite some of our leaders up here. Just come on up here quickly, our life group leaders. And I'm just inviting them up here just because I want you to have the opportunity just to receive prayer if you need that this morning. I mentioned earlier, if you don't know Jesus, I shared the gospel with you earlier. It's pretty simple. If you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave, and you're willing to surrender your life over to him and say, Jesus, you're the one who can cleanse me, then all he says is, great, come, and I want you to follow me and give me your whole heart. It's a big ask, but you'll never, you'll never regret it. It's the best decision in your life. If you wanna receive Jesus this morning, the Prince of Peace, and come on up here. And for everybody else, just this morning, if you just see someone to pray for you because you're walking back into something, I would encourage you, come and get some more firepower behind the situation you're walking into. Okay, Don't you don't need to go alone. Say, hey, pray for me right now. I'm about to walk into some crazy stuff. I need the peace of God, I need the wisdom of God, I need the Spirit of God to come upon me right now so that I go with the mind of Christ, amen? So anything you need, come on up here and get it. Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we do trust you. And we invite you, Prince of Peace, to come and to rule and reign. The world is chaotic, but you have overcome the world. And you came to give us peace. And so Lord, we receive that peace again this morning. We receive it, Lord, and I just ask, Lord, for everyone in the room, that if there's anyone, Lord, experiencing anxiety, depression, if there's anyone experiencing night-after-night dreams of darkness, Lord, I pray would you come in right now, Holy Spirit, and you would dispel the darkness, and you would set people free in their minds, set them free in their hearts, Lord. Lord. We're praying for a miracle to happen physiologically, Lord. Lord, we're praying for a miracle to happen in the minds and hearts of people in this room. Lord, we pray for the trauma, Lord, for you to touch the trauma. God, we pray for you to heal up every place that feels chaotic, everything that feels upside down. Lord, we pray right now. Come, Spirit of living God. You're the Prince of Peace. This is what this season is about. It's celebrating you. You came to bring peace in our hearts. And so, Lord, we invite you again this morning. Come, come, Spirit of living God. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name.